todos, todos, todos. Aleluia. Amen. Praise God. How long are we gonna sing here? We have time restrictions. Praise the Lord. But when we are in the presence of the Lord, we will sing His praise for endless days. Praise God. An eternal God. Hallelujah. He's worthy of praise for endless days. We're going to sing that one more time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Somebody in English, please. Amen. My Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you in advance for what Christ is going to do in us and through us, Father. We pray that you would release your power, your grace, and your glory in this place that will make the preaching of God's word effective and productive. In Jesus' name, we bind every resistance to the preaching of God's word. Every critical spirit, we bind it in Jesus' name and we take victory in the house. In Jesus' name, we pray and everybody said, Amen. Please be seated. Anybody remember what's the title of the message? Oh my God, I got that. I got an embellished title today. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Praise the Lord. The title was Take Your Hands Off, but Sister just added it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Exactly. That's exactly what we mean. That's what we've been meaning. Praise God. Take your hands off. All right. Take your hands off. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I am blessed. You can tell your neighbor to take your hands off you. If your neighbor's hand is a hand extension of his hand, then yeah, maybe you should. All right? But uh, when we look at God's word, we know what the Bible is talking about. So that's where we are dwelling on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
those who need translation, translation I'm sure for your headset at Ganam, Please make sure those who need headset, just raise your hand. They will bring the headset to you and you can listen to the, to the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The scepter of the wicked shall not rest in the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to, the, to do iniquity. So we covered a lot of portion. And today we want to, to conclude that portion. We, did, we discussed what is the scepter. We discussed what is the wicked. We discussed what is the allotment that you and I have in and through Jesus Christ. Um, and how, what are the tactics that the enemy uses to put his scepter upon our allotment. Praise the Lord. This is what we were discussing and we covered a lot of ground and I don't want to repeat anything except one thing I want to repeat because I want last week somebody asked me a question about it so I need to clear that as well. Praise the Lord. So we know that there is an enemy that is actively working against the children of God's blessings. God's children are blessed in every manner. Foremost, our blessing are the spiritual blessings that the Lord has granted to us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And God has blessed us so that we can experience that blessing, enjoy that blessing, share that blessing, live a life of fulfillment, contentment, abundance, and live a life of purpose and reach the destiny that God has marked out for us. No blessing is accidental. Blessing is, is allotment that comes from him. It has a name on, on it. Your blessing has a name on it. Hello. Your blessing has a name on it. Praise the Lord. And it comes to you and to you alone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God wants you to experience that blessing. But we have an enemy that actively tries to take away what rightfully belongs to us and we ought to be aware of it and we talked about the different kinds of blessings that we experience in our life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Last week we gave two pictures about how the enemy takes away what rightfully belongs to us. I will just touch that and get to the new part that I want to share with you today. Praise the Lord. We talked about two portions where the enemy tried to put the scepter of the wicked was placed on the inheritance of the righteous. The first example that we gave was how the, the vineyard of Naboth was snatched away from him. And Ahab's, the wicked king's request or command was, his desire was, he wanted to turn the vineyard into a garden of herbs. And we said that vineyard is a symbol, wine is a symbol of joy. Wine is a symbol of blessing. And herbs, they stand for bitterness. So the enemy wants to, to, to snatch away that joyful experience, that fullness experience, that happy experience, uh, that, that values, faith values that are transmitted to us. He wants to snatch away and he has a plan. He wants to replace it with bitterness in our life. 
So take the joy and put bitterness. And he does that by placing his scepter upon what rightfully belongs to the Lord. That was the first picture that we drew. The second picture that we drew was where the man of God's wife comes up to the servant of God and said, Servant of God, you know that my husband was a man of God. Now the debtors have come. They have come to take away my sons as slaves. So the first was material blessing, which was allotted to, to Naboth, which came down from his forefathers. He says that this is something that we had for generations. So something that you had for generation, you should never think that you can just keep it just because you have it, because there's an enemy that wants to establish his dominion over what rightfully belongs to you. Praise the Lord. And the other thing we said is, the man of God, he was in debt, and the end, the debtors don't want anything else, but want to take away the children as captives. And the Bible says in Psalm 127, children are a heritage from the Lord. They are a blessing, not a burden that comes from the Lord. And the enemy, even in this day, is actively involved of trying to take away the children away from us. And we have to actively resist it. These were the two pictures that I drew. And then the, what we said was, these, both these pictures, we see that in Naboth's case, Naboth stood his ground and he spoke the word of faith, but he had to give up his life. But we see that God gets involved and a judgment is released and the judgment is pronounced through the mouth of, of prophet Elijah. In the case of the woman, it was prophet, which prophet was it? Anybody remember? Elisha. Okay. It was the prophet Elisha who was involved in, in blessing that people. And the stark contrast in this is, and I wish and I pray that you will carry this message with you. Because this is a message where God wants us to experience the fullness that comes our way. Praise God. In Naboth's case, he resisted. And he resisted and he stood the ground. Praise the Lord. And as I was meditating on this, Praise the Lord. This is what came through my mind. And I want to tell you that in Naboth's case, in that time, there was an Elijah in place that was appointed by God in Israel. Elijah was not only appointed to speak the word of vengeance and judgment from the Lord. Elijah could also turn the tables around by the power of God that was upon him. Naboth stood his ground, but he never called for assistance. Praise the Lord. In the other part, we see the woman of God, she realized that the enemy was stronger than, than her. And what she does is she sends the word to the prophet in Israel and calls him. And he says, listen, I am in trouble. Help out. I want the church to take this home. Okay? No men of God have any power other than what has been given to them. Praise the Lord. And there is no man of God who is substitute or an alternative for God. I want you to understand that very clear. But if God chooses to use a man of God to bring forth a deliverance, a word of comfort, a word of edification, a word of refreshment in your life, 
you have to position yourself in a place. You have to posture yourself in a place where you can receive what the Lord wants you to receive in your life. Sometimes we get so proud. I have seen people say this. You know, what's wrong with me? Can God talk to me directly? Yes, my brother. The Lord can talk to you directly. The Lord can deal with you directly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I pray that he does. But you and I at times ought to be humble enough to say that I need H-E-L-P. We have to be, it shows in humbleness on our part also. Praise God. How often the Lord speaks to us, but we don't listen. We don't hear, we just miss it. But here we see the woman, she goes and she approaches the man of God. And she says, listen, I need And I pray that when we go through straits in our lives, when we go through seasons of hardships in our lives, when we go through seasons, when it feels that heaven is like a brass door and the heaven's not opening for us, that you and I ought to have brothers and sisters who will just sit down on their knees and beckon heaven on your behalf. Praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong in it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I want to move on because otherwise if I dwell on it, I will keep repeating it, so I want to, I want to move on. I want to move to, to, to the other part that we want to share with you this morning. Now, the enemy uses different tactics. The first tactic he uses is a direct assault. A direct assault. You know, no ambiguity about it that the enemy is, is working. But then there are times because we are aware of the direct assault that comes against our life, quite often we are prepared of the direct assault that comes in our life. But there are times when he uses various methods, and we already looked into some of them, and this morning we want to look into an area that we have not looked. Praise the Lord. And it is our prayer that you will take something from this particular part. Isaiah 14, 16, and 17. I want you to put that up. Isaiah 14, 16, and 17. Heaven is our inheritance that the Lord has granted to each and every one of us. If you were and I were to categorize the allotment that God has given you and me, you can have a broad category, and one you can call it the temporal allotments that are given and the eternal allotments that are given to us or the temporal blessings that we experience in our lives and the eternal blessings that we, ex that we are called to experience in our lives. Praise the Lord. Anything in this world that, th that we have should help us, should help us promote us, praise God, 
to reach or to enhance our experience here on this earth. At the same time, you and I ought to use what has been given to us on this earth to continue to build up our investments up on the other side of this earth. So there are temporal blessings and there are eternal blessings that God wants us to experience in our lives. And the greatest inheritance is the eternal one that God wants us to experience in our lives. And you and I ought to know that there is an enemy that plans to hamper that as well. Praise God. Now, when you look at this verse, Isaiah 14, 16, and 17, you all know, people who know and read the Bible, you know this is a verse that talks about Lucifer. We all know that this is a verse that talks about Lucifer. Now, out of this verse, we just want to take one couple of words out to show what he is up to. Now, when Jesus came into this world, Jesus made it very clear as to the purpose that he came. You know, Jesus often said what was his purpose that he came. And one of the verses that he used was John 10.10 where he says, I have come to, to give you life and have, so that you may have it abundantly. So God wants us to experience that abundance of life, the fullness of life, the spirit-filled life, the overflowing life, the parisal life, which is beyond the markings, which is beyond the limitation, about the limitations, about the confinements, about the, about the boundaries that the world has set. Jesus has come so that we experience that perusal life, the abundance of life. But before he says that, he makes it very clear to us, listen, there is a thief. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Of course, we know who the thief is. The thief comes to what? He comes to steal what rightfully belongs to you. And in this particular verse, we see about Lucifer, it's written that what does he do? This is what he's doing. He wants to do what? The Lord, he wants to do what? Last part of verse 17. Hmm. Last part of verse 17. Those who see you stare at you, they ponder your fate. This is the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble. The man who made the world a wilderness, who overthrew his cities and would not let his captives go home. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I have a home. I am homebound. You and I are homebound. But you and I ought to know that we have an enemy and his agenda and his, his MO and his objective is not to let his prisoners go where? Go home. Home as in the biblical tense, is our eternal home, our heaven. Now, when you look at why Jesus came, that's also very clear, as it's recorded in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, I believe. 
Jesus started his ministry, launched his ministry by reading that portion that prophesied about him. And one of the purpose that the Spirit of God was upon him was to set the captives free. So Jesus is in the business of setting the captives free. Jesus has come so the captives can go free. In fact, one of the functions of the resurrected Savior was what? What did he do? He took the captives captive and he led them up into the presence of the Lord. So Jesus came to set the captives free. But this entity here, this force of darkness, or Lucifer as the Bible calls, his mandate is to make sure that the captives don't go home. what Jesus said, I go, I go to prepare a place for you so that, huh? praise the Lord, when I'm done, you will be with me where I am. So he has gone to prepare a place for you. You and I have a home in eternity, okay? So that is what Christ has come. He has come to set captives free. He has made, yes, he has made a provision so that we reach our eternal abode. We have a home with Jesus in yonder. Praise the Lord. Here in our home, make sure that Jesus is in your home. If Jesus is in your home, one of these days we are going to go home where he is. Jesus is not in your heart, is in your not in your home, then I don't know about that. Okay, that's not our point. Our point is the enemy, what he does is he does not want to let the captives go. I am set free. Are you free? Are you free? Every Every one of us who's been washed by the blood of Jesus, you and I are not captives. We have been set free. Jesus came to set us free. He who knows the truth, what? Has experienced that liberty. Praise God. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So we are people who are free. is a power that is actively working to bind you down here on this earth through various tricks and treacheries so that you and I, praise God, will not experience that allotment, the inheritance that God has for us here. And I want you to look at this picture, what the enemy does, his mandate is, to make people captives, and he does not want them to go home. How does he do it? How does he do it? How does he do it? Eh? How does he do it? Indirectly. He does it indirectly, but how does he do it? How does he get you to entangle? Entangle where? With what? 
writer of Hebrews is very clear. He says, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And run your race with perseverance. What do you got to do before that? You got to what? Shake off what? Every sin that easily besets you. And shake off that weight that you are carrying. You know, as we live in this world this morning, I reminded in the Bible class, we are so closely linked to the material things of this world. And the material things have a tendency to cling on to us. They cling on to us and we develop and cultivate a liking to cling on to this material things. Pretty soon, we are so comfortable. We are so cozy. We feel at home. I want to tell you, if you are feeling at home here, this is not the home. This is not the home. Here, we are just passing by. We are just pilgrims here. We have an eternal abode with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Here, we do not have an enduring city. We look forward to the city with foundation whose architect and builder is God. We are people who are heaven bound. We are not people who feel so comfortable that we put our tent peg deep down into this earth and get tangled by the things of this world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Gadgets and gizmos are good. Praise God. Trinkets and treasures are good. But let me tell you, they should only serve the purpose, praise God, of making you rich in the realms of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what does this enemy do? He wants to keep you down here. And this morning we heard about our vision. Praise God. He wants to blind us to the eternal things. Change our perspective, change our outlook, and think that everything is all down here. Sometimes we get so immersed and saturated with the blessings that the Lord has given us that they become a trap and they pull us down and weigh our spiritual life down. Praise God. Hey, once in a while. Praise God. It is good to think. You know, we have the lust of the, the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life that is actively involved. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have enemy, as I say very often, strategically located in three different places. One, Satan in hell. Praise God. To the world outside. Three, praise God. This entity is working on the inside. Satan in the infernal. The world on the external. And the forces, the lust of the flesh, the lust of eye, and pride of life that is working on the internal. Three different locations trying to trap us, trying to keep us down here. And we need to know that the enemy wants to make us captive and would not want us to go home.
very simple test. Very simple test. Last week, that's a Sunday. How much time did you spend with the Lord? In prayer, by yourself. How much time did you take to just read God's word? After Sunday, we had many fellowships. How many other fellowships did you come to? Yesterday, we started SNL for kids. That means now we have, no one has any excuse. Saturday night, you can come. You can bring your children and have them downstairs here. You have a choice. If your liking is English, you can stay here. If you prefer Malayalam, you could stay over there. No, we have so many options. Praise God. But let me ask you, what has kept you away? What has kept you away? Now, if you are sick, we understand that. If it was not, let me ask you, how is the spiritual temperature of your life. Quite often we are very satisfied by giving just few dollars to the church. No, it's more than that. Praise God. Our spiritual life has to have a fervor, a zeal for the Lord. And that is not an accident. It is something that ought to be cultivated in our private moments with the Lord. I'm telling you, if we do not cultivate it, there is an enemy actively working in your lives, entangling you in things that look harmless. Harmless. They look harmless. The other day somebody came up to me and asked me, what's wrong in watching movies? What's wrong? Anybody can say, is, is there anything wrong in watching movies? Huh? Hello? Some people think it's wrong to watch English movies. <laughs> Some people really think. Some people think it's gross sin to watch Hindi movies. Sunday night, we're going to have a movie in the church. Where's Kersia? She's putting it together. And I'm giving a free promotion for that. Everybody should come. <laughs> Next Sunday evening. It's called the war room. It's not about fight, it's fighting on your knees. It's fighting on your knees. Waru. So my brother Denny sent me a sent me a text saying that can we show a trailer? We're gonna show a trailer today after service. I said, sure. We want to promote it. And I said, a 
At least we can sacrifice our prayer time to watch a movie about prayer. But it is our prayer that after you watch that, you've come to a place of commitment to realize that there is a war being waged and the price is our soul. And we want to be children of God who wage war on our knees, so help us God. Praise God. There is an enemy that does not want the captives reach home. And if that's the case, you and I ought to be people who should be aware of this and actively resist the forces of darkness that comes in our lives. Listen, the word of God says the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. When the Bible says it will not rest, it will not rest. But we ought to know that there are forces that are working so that you and I don't realize how he comes and places the scepter. Quite often, the hold in our lives we only come to know after it becomes a stronghold. After it becomes what? A stronghold. I want to tell you as the Holy Spirit is telling me right now. There is anyone being involved in anything that you should not be. Praise the Lord. And if you feel that the enemy is putting a scepter upon your life, whether it's your physical life, trying to manipulate you, trying to control you. I want to tell you this, this, this morning that you ought to pray and not only pray, you ought to seek out for help. Don't let no man, no woman, no relative, no friend to manipulate your life, to control your life. And if you cannot resist it by yourself, you need to reach out for help. And I say this as the Lord is telling me to say this. Praise the Lord. We don't want it to be too late. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, the glamour of the world, the glittering of the world, world the alluring of the world. It tries to trap us so that we are bound in such a manner that we would not be able to experience what God wants us to experience in our life. Hey, listen. The psalmist is saying that God is our portion and inheritance. Now, if God is our portion and our inheritance, can the enemy place a scepter upon that inheritance? Listen, 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 listen. Come with me. Praise. I can understand. If it's material blessings, financial blessings, and all the other blessings that we experience in our life. But the psalmist is saying, God is our, our portion, our inheritance. If God is our portion and our inheritance, can the enemy place a scepter on it? Listen, this is something very important. Enemy cannot place a scepter on that portion which is God Himself. But this is what He does. What He does is He tries to separate us, 
separate our allegiance, separate our loyalty, separate our faithfulness, separate our relationship. He tries and he works actively to strain that relationship that you and I have in Jesus. Abide in me and let your words abide in me, abide in you. There is a work that the world does on you and me that you and I do not find joy and satisfaction in abiding in his presence. All these things around us are actively, actively trying to distract you, derail you, catch your attention. As much as we are involved in the work of the Lord, as we step out of the house, as we step out of the church, there are all these forces that are actively involved in trying to woo us, trying to capture us. And many people find themselves one day here, one day there, one day in the world, the other day in the world. No, the enemy cannot place a scepter on that inheritance which is God himself. But what he does is he tries to separate us from him. Praise God. And he manages to get a head inside. Praise God, a way inside into our blessings, what God wants us to experience in our lives. I want you to read uh, Isaiah 63, 9 and 10. Hmm. Isaiah 63, 9 and 10. Put it up. Yes. Hold on. This is the ministry of the Lord for his people. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. In other words, he identified with what they were going. And the angel of his presence saved them, meaning delivered them. And in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. I don't know whether you see a picture of you and me in here. This is about Israel that the Lord is talking about. But do you see a picture of you and me there? Oh, there was a time when I was bound to sin. When I was in the deep pit. But he came. He rescued me. He lifted me out of the pit. He placed my rock on my feet on the rock to stay. Praise God. I have experienced his love and his affection. I experienced his presence. And the Bible says he bore them in his hands. You and I are in his hands. We are etched in his palms. Praise God. Where else can you and I be so safe and so secure? So we are receiving the best that heaven has for us. But quite often, the next verse follow, which is verse 10. Read, yes. Yet, yet, what is yet? After getting all these things. My friend, my brother, my sister, let me ask you. All the blessings that you are experiencing in your life, is that helping you to draw closer to God? Or is that taking you away from the Lord? The comfort of your home. What are you using it for? 
the privacy of your home. You know, this country has so many homeless people. There are so many homeless shelters. People are born and raised here. People have gone through educational system here. People who are qualified. There are many out in the street. No privacy. Even if they get into a shelter, there is no privacy. But let me ask you, the home that you have got, some of you have big homes, some of you have small homes, some of you have comfortable homes. Praise God for all of them. The privacy of your room, what are you using it for? Gadgets are a blessing. Oh man, isn't the gadget blessing man? Look at him, he's looking at the Bible even right now. That's such a blessing. Gadgets are a blessing, right? Right, my man? Gadgets are a blessing. We can connect with the web, with the world, anywhere, anytime. But let me ask you, how have you been using your gadgets? Hello? That iPhone, that FaceTime, that browser, if somebody were to look at the history of your browser. If we have a trivia, if you give an opportunity for everybody to come and open up their browser up here. Where have you been, Lord? Yet! What did they do? Read, next part. Oh, yet they rebel against what does rebellion mean? What does rebellion mean? Rebellion simply means going against the authority of God. How do we go against the authority of God? When we simply disobey the word of God, we go against the authority of God. It's as simple as that. After experiencing all this and having 27 different versions and having the knowledge of reading the scripture in various language and having it in hand and in pocket and in church and in, in the court and in your shelves. If we are standing, if you're disobeying, we are rebelling against the Lord. And my man, if, if you are rebelling against the authority that God has placed, I want to tell the children, the parents in your home, they are a blessing. Cherish them. Enjoy them. They have been placed by God in your home as an authority over you to watch you, to guard you, to guide you, to govern you, to lead you. Submit to that authority. When you're living under his roof, when you're living under the roof of the authority that God has placed over your life, yes, they have the right to tell you which you can, what style of haircut you can have and you cannot have. Sorry. at times are so intimidated. Can't say anything. 
everybody in this church is doing it. The pastor is doing it. The other day I was talking to one of the young men. I asked him, what happened? You forgot to make the complete payment to the barber? Cut three sides and forgot the fourth side. I want all the parents to know this. When your son or your daughter come home and said, the barber made a mistake, don't believe it. The barber does not make any mistake. Not like that. He can go an inch higher or an inch lower. What am I saying? I'm not getting nitty-bitty about it. It's your head. It's your hair. You decide what you do with it, what you want to do with it. Some people ask me, well, Pastor, why don't you say anything? I said, what do you want me to say? Don't your kids stay home with you? What do you want me to say? I'm saying what I'm saying right now. And this is what I'm saying. If you're living with your parents, listen to them. Submit to them. Submit to them. It's a command in the scripture with a perk, with a promise. Honor your father and your mother so that it may go well with you and you may have what? Hallelujah. Amen. So they did what? They rebelled against him. Rebelled against who? The Holy Spirit. And did what? Grieved him. How many of you know when you rebel against the Holy Spirit, you grieve him? Paul, writing to the Ephesians, makes it very clear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit whereby, whereby, where you've been sealed for the day of redemption. So you can rebel, you can, you can rebel against him and grieve him. And here the Bible says that they rebelled against the Holy One of Israel and grieved him. And then Satan got them where they wanted, where he wanted. Let me tell you, heaven rejoices when a soul is saved. Hell gnashes his teeth. When a soul is saved. You get this? When a soul is delivered from the captivity, heaven rejoices. But hell is not happy about it. So somewhere on the road, somewhere on the road, As much as this group of people experienced blessing from the Lord, they rebelled against him and grieved him. And the Bible says the enemy got them where he wanted. Because the enemy knows that God is the portion and your inheritance. He cannot place his scepter on it. He cannot place his scepter on it. So what he does is he gets you in a place where the protector or the one who protects you day and night is grieved as you rebel against him. And the Bible says in Isaiah, and the Lord, what does it say? 
So he turned against them and became their the psalmist who says God be for us who can but if God is against us it don't matter who's going to be with us I don't want to be left out hallelujah praise God I hope you take the message Seriously, folks. Praise God. Hallelujah. When we bring out the fruits of darkness into the, the fruit of light. Praise God. When we actively keep on rebelling against his authority. We grieve him. It comes to that point when he stands against you and me. There is nothing that you can do. But the enemy is successful in placing his scepter on our I'm your pastor. I love you. I do what? Hello? Yeah, if you love us, the way you bring a word like this. That's the word that has the Lord has for the church. Praise the Lord. But I'm, since I love you, I want to add something here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm. Now let me just finish this so I can add something good and you guys can be right. The last part of that verse says, you know, that's the father's heart. You know, you spank your kid and what else you do? Huh? Yesterday I gave my son a good one. No spanking. A good piece of advice. But this morning I hugged him. I hugged him. And I made sure that, you know, I, I, that's, that's the father's heart. And the same applies here. Praise the Lord. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to be prosperous. I want everybody to be successful. Praise the Lord. But I want to be true to the Lord as well. All right. So the word ends by saying the, the scepter of the wicked will not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. Lust. Lust. Not lust. Lust. Lust what? See, it is very interesting to note what the psalmist is saying there. Why the Lord will keep the advancing forces away from his people who trusted him. The reason being, the righteous may be tempted to reach out the hands to do wrong. Have you ever thought about this? Hey, God saves us from the advancing foe. And the enemy that has a tendency to work on the inside here. In other words, when the heat is too much, he knows that we're going to melt. When he knows that when the heat is too much, he knows that we're going to break apart. So what he does? Comes to our aid on the right route. Amen? You can connect that with what Paul talks to the, to the Corinthians in chapter 10. And I'm going to end here, right here, because the time is up. I want you to turn to Psalm 16. You're going to read that? Can you put that verse up here, my man? 
Yes, 16, 5, and 6. I want you to look at these words very carefully, okay? Look, the Lord is a portion of mine inheritance and of my, cu and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. Who is? The Lord is what? Is a portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. Praise God. How do you read that in Malayalam? Hmm. The other part. Oh man, isn't that good? The Lord maintains your Listen, the Lord secures your lot. That you can tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. Neighbor, tell your neighbor the Lord secures his lot. Tell your neighbor. You know what that means? The Lord secures my lot. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I read that verse, I get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of it. I get high on that word. You don't need to smoke weed to get high. You can consume God's word. The Bible says, be filled with the spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. When I read this word, I get high on this word. Because my Bible says, God is my portion and my inheritance. And he does what? He secures my life. He knows, man, this guy can't secure his life. Hallelujah. He knows that you don't have the strength, the stamina, the tenacity to resist that devil. So the Lord comes to your aid and he gives you the word this morning that he will secure your lot. Stay in your lot. Stay in your lot. You have the security. You have the word of heaven that says he will maintain my lot. You know what maintenance is? What is maintenance? Huh? What is maintenance? Tell me. We talk about maintaining our lot. What is maintenance? Tell me. Huh? Continue to care for it. It's always look what? It always looks fresh. It always looks presentable. It always looks fine and dandy. Because God is securing my lot. He is maintaining my lot. Praise God. This morning, make sure that you are in the lot that the, the Lord has given. And because of that, he says, I am going to secure what I have given you. Oh, hallelujah. As much as the Bible says in Revelation, hold on to what you have. As much as you hold on to what you have, remember you are under the cordon of his protection. Ah, the next line is beautiful. Lord, the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places for us. Surely I have a delightful, I have a delightful. <laughs> I think the young people can't, cannot picture this. 
that's why, you know, the Bible was written in an Eastern cultural setting. And there are a lot of things that we miss. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. What do you understand? The boundary lines have fallen in, in pleasant places. I used to hear this verse all the time. And we, people used to pray back home. And I used to wonder, what in the world that meant? I, I like that word, but it ne- I never understood what it meant. What is it? Do you know what it is? Oh, you know, when, when, when you, your, your, your father has a big inheritance, okay? Just picture that your, your daddy is, is, a, is a very wealthy man, and he got hundreds of acres in Long Island. If it's not Long Island, some of you got some in, in Florida, or, or some of you guys got back home. And he decides that he's going he's gonna to distribute that evenly with his children. Okay, so he calls Jason, he calls Jamie, he calls Janice, all three of them, and said, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to distribute this. And they bring in a, a boundary line where they're going to measure it, and they're going to say, this is Jason, this is for you. And Jason will look at it, and he will be either happy or he will be unhappy. But the psalmist is saying that the boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places, meaning you got the best. You got the best. And the psalmist is saying, surely I have a delightful, praise the Lord. I don't know about you, praise the Lord. I, won't, I don't know about you, but I want to tell you this morning that the boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. Praise God. It's not Hicksville. It's not Long Island. It's not Kerala. It's not the America. Ah, you and I have a delightful experience up there. And he has measured pleasant places for us. Praise God. He came to set the captives free. You and I are heaven bound. We are going home one of these days. When we go home one of these days, praise God. Jesus is going to receive us. We have a delightful inheritance. Isn't that beautiful? Now, how many of you guys are happy about that? Amen. What we ought to do, hold on to what the Lord has given you. Praise God. Allow the Lord to maintain your lot. Lest weeds and thorns will grow in your lot. You don't want that. Praise God. If heaven is maintaining your lot. Praise God. If heaven is maintaining your inheritance. It will be a blessed experience. Shall we rise up before the Lord? We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Lord, we love you. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you for the provision, for the protection, for the providence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, my Father. We thank you for giving your word to us this morning. The scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. Quote that word in your heart. Dushtanda chengol, nidiman, de avagashatin me, lirikye illa inula, awaktatam, in the pagal kalam ette varnyatam. Praise God. God wants to maintain your lot.
Your lot is secure with him, but yield yourself to him. Do not give the enemy the room to come into your life. He wants you to experience blessings. He wants you to experience joy. He wants you to experience peace. He wants you to experience hope. He wants you to be delightful. You have a delightful experience in the Lord. And if you can find any room that the enemy is operating in your life this morning, evict him. Give him an eviction notice. Tell the enemy to take his hands off what God has given you. Go ahead, tell him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every blessing that the Lord has given. Every inheritance that the Lord has given. Every promise that the Lord has given. Praise God. We receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. We receive the word of God. In Jesus' name, we take victory, Father. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray. Please be seated.